It's the 10 to 1 Podcast with your host, Brad Oman, featuring Ben Conowitz and Nate Laux. And here's the podcast. Yo, 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 yo. Oh, that's interesting. Hi. <laughs> Nate has missed this little <laughs> our little get together of ridiculousness. It's, it's been like a month since we've all gotten together like this because of the Olympics and because of Ben's extravagant vacationing. I and went to visit my parents in Palm Springs. Okay. No, that's not the old. No, hold on, you make it sound like your parents live in Palm Springs. Yeah, you went to go exactly. Visit it's not like you don't see them every day. And also, this was like a sandwich of a vacation because around seeing your parents, you went to San Diego and Vegas. Well, yeah, but yeah, we flew into San Diego. And we drove to Palm Springs. I don't care about how you got there. It was a very easy you quick trip. You helicoptered into Vegas. It was nothing. We got a Hummer limo to pick us up at San Diego. <laughs> we rode a whale over to Vegas. False. All private jets. <laughs> well, it's good to see you guys. I miss it's you good guys. good to see you, yeah. too. And it's nice that Ben's not here on Zoom. I'm here in person, which is even worse. <laughs> and we're recording in our new, um, you know, it's only a couple couple months old studio here at uh, Ben's basement without any heat. <laughs> it's so cold down here. But we do, we can see plenty of insulation, and it makes you feel warm. It does. It does. I just thought that maybe while you were gone, you would maybe get us something more permanent built down here. While I was gone, you thought that would happen? You would hire somebody. Yep. I mean, they, they do have people who do construction while you're not around. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> I've, heard hey. of, I've heard of entire crews that are actually... Nah, that's not a thing. Uh, this is a Saturday Night Live podcast, right? Oh. <laughs> oh, it is, it is, it is. It was the 13th episode of the 47th season. And who was our who was our guest this week? Who was our guest host? John Mulaney. Jonathan Mulaney. With musical guest LCD Sound System. Who needs a couple more people in their band, clearly. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know. Mm-hmm. They have like 17 people in their band. Playing yeah. songs from 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah. So weird. But you know what? Good for them. Mm-hmm. Hey, if they can still get paid and be on SNL for it, good we don't, for them. We don't ever cover the musical guests. However, did you guys watch them at all? No, I, actually, no. I didn't. I was ac- yeah, because I, I was actually watching it under a time crunch where I was trying to get my review done sooner than later, and so I just skipped. The yeah, you got your review on uh, pretty quick this week, actually. So did I? <laughs> I thought so. Yeah, it was Wednesday morning. Uh, so it was before our show recorded. I know that. <laughs> That's true. Uh, at the end of the song that they sang, the lead singer said, "Thank you for this." Did he really? He did. Oh, that's pretty funny. He said, thank you for this. Like uh, Aristotle uh, Atari. This is pretty cool. Thank you, honey. <laughs> Tonight. So, thank hey, uh, if you didn't, if you're not paying attention, you're probably not because you're just listening to this podcast because that's all the bandwidth you have for SNL. But SNL actually added a couple new writers, and I thought I'd go over those really quick because congratulations. To be a writer on this show is a big deal. Um, and they've had a lot of, it seems like anyway, this, this season, they've had a lot of writer movements, a lot of just stuff that's shifting in the cast. Obviously, they have a huge cast as it is, and they lost some, some major writers um, right there around Christmas time, around the new, start of the new year, and they added three new writers. So uh, to the staff is Ro- Rosebud Baker, who's a comedian, actress, and writer. Uh, she guest starred in, there's a show on uh, Hulu, uh, starring Amy Schumer, I think it's. I, I think she's pretty much the person that runs the show called Life and Beth. I've not seen this show yet. I don't think it's out yet, actually. Okay, so she's got like a four or five episode arc in there. Um, she's also a writer on that damn Michael Che show, and uh, which again have not seen myself. But welcome to the cast, or welcome to the staff. I wonder if any of these people, because they're all actresses as well, they're writers and actresses, I wonder if some of them will move to the cast eventually. I don't know. Yeah. That That's happened before. It has. Um, Claire O'Kane, she's a writer on Shrill, uh, A.D. Bryant's show. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that over now? It is. So naturally, she's got some open opening in her schedule. Mm-hmm. So welcome to the cast, Claire. Not the cast. To the writer staff. You want you want to say that one more time? No, let him do it all three times. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> welcome, welcome to the writer staff, Claire O'Kane, and then Nicole Sun. She was a writer for Cranky Acres, which is still on. Did you guys know this? Well, so it, it's not that it's still on. It went away for a while, and then they rebooted it like a couple years ago or something like that. Uh, okay. Now, Nate, let me ask you a question and about AP this. Bio, this which third... Brad says AP Bio is really. Yeah, cool. I do. 
you want to say AP Bio, if you haven't watched it, it's it's uh, not on anymore. It was uh, it started off at NBC, then it moved to Peacock. It's created and executive produced by Michael Bryan, former SNL writer and featured cast member. So uh, if you haven't watched it, it stars Glenn Howerton and Pat Oswalt, and it's Inter- very very interesting funny. Interesting though that they all have kind of these cursory, you know, adjacent roles yeah. with former SNL people. So as this third writer in the cast, welcome to the cast. <laughs> <laughs> Nate's giving me a death look. Okay. Daggers. Daggers. Staring me down with the daggers. You know what? I'm ready to talk about some sketches. Okay. But, but not skits. Not skits. Uh, <laughs> hey, the- by the way, was that a new intro song? Was that a new intro? No, they brought in the Ukraine choir to do that. <laughs> No, but the SNL intro was that not new? Was that different? Did you listen to it? I don't know. It was it was a normal thing that they always it do. It sounded different to me. Like it sounded like it was. You know, they play it different. live every time, right? Yes, I know that. Okay, well then it could be. I don't just like a your, sl- Hey, hey, I'm gonna pause right here. I don't like your your both of your attitudes <laughs> right now. I don't have an attitude. I'm just being, I'm just letting you know that that's I have not a, the case. I have a I'm, I'm gonna look into. Yeah, I know Ben's got an attitude. But here's the thing. I'm gonna look into this and I'm gonna find out for sure. And I think they changed something. A couple chords or something. Maybe maybe like one of the saxophone they players was gone. They changed a couple of chords. Yep. I'm okay. gonna look into it. No, that's I'm gonna fair. look into it. I'm gonna um, look into it. So the cold open uh, right. was not a traditional cold open this week. It was not a sketch. Uh, every now and then, Saturday Night Live does this if there's something uh, rather important going on, something that they want to recognize. And in this case, uh, there is a, a bit of a conflict brewing in the Ukraine, thanks to Russia. And Will so, you explain the background of that for Ben, please? All right. So Russia is a big country over on the, the east side of the globe. Go on. <laughs> Um, but no, so uh, there's obviously this uh, this big uh, war brewing, essentially, where Russia is uh, trying to take over the Ukraine, and it's a big problem. And so to sort of honor those in the Ukraine who are standing up and fighting for their country and having to deal with uh, an invasion of Russian troops and the tyranny of Vladimir Putin, they had uh, a Ukrainian choir from uh, New York come in and sing um, uh, the song that is called Prayer for Ukraine to open up the show. Uh, very touching. Uh, I thought it was beautiful. Yeah, Kate McKinnon and Cecily Strong clearly had tears in their eyes. Uh, and um, the, I don't know if you noticed this, that this I was jumping ahead, um, but at the very end of the episode when everyone said goodbye, uh, Paul Rudd personally went over to the choir and was like clearly like uh, either like apologizing or saying like thank you and being like, you know, like like talking to mm-hmm. the, the choir and everything. It was, it was really sweet. Nate, when's the last time that they did something like this? Well, I know they did one in 2012 at uh, uh, Newton when the kindergarten class got uh, obviously... If you remember the news from 2012, if you, I, I've not forgotten the the speech that President Obama gave at that time because it was so meaningful. Um, but there was a kindergarten class in I think Connecticut somewhere there um, that got shot uh, and many lives lost. And they did a, a very special tribute for that as well. And they've done it for various other things yeah. as well. But um, always meaningful. And you know, almost always kind of sticks with you because it it's one of those things that. You're not accustomed to seeing SNL yeah. getting serious, you know? For sure. And they do reserve it en- enough, right? Like, it would be really weird if they started, you know, they reserve this for the most sure. tragic yeah. things. It would be a little strange if every other day they were doing yep. it. Yeah. Um, I, people could argue that why don't they do it for other things? Right. But obviously, um, uh, I don't know what the metric is. World War Three is yeah. a pretty good <laughs> yeah, fucking exactly. time to do it. When the whole world is watching something, I think SNL oftentimes yeah. will come in and say something as well. So and they certainly um, weren't watching the Olympics. I'll tell you that. What are you Groucho Marx? What are you doing? So um, it was beautiful. If you've not seen it, again, go to go to the YouTube page. Go to um, uh, Peacock. I think Hulu has it as well. Hulu, yep. You can watch it on there, and uh, it's 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 beautiful. Is it? Yeah, it was, it was a, a lovely rendition of whatever song that is. What a is prayer for one? Ukraine, it's a, called. Okay, yeah, it was gorgeous. Ben, what's your favorite rendition of a prayer for Ukraine? Uh, I like uh, the all oops all trombones <laughs> is my favorite rendition. But uh, that was a funnier response than I was expecting. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, so um Ben, everything that John Mulaney said in his um in in his opening monologue. It's called a monologue, yes. 
Did he do it when you saw him? That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, did yeah. you do it? I was very fortunate to go and fly out to New York to see him at the City Winery when he was doing from scratch the begin. I mean, not long after he got out. Right? It was yeah. We and did, it technically wasn't even for the from scratch tour. It was him it like was him trying building. material to like for the tour. It was crazy because he had just gotten out of rehab and it was uh, he. It was thirteen engagements. He wanted to try out new material. To see if there was anything there for a new hour, yeah, and it was very personal, and it was very much um, sad, and and very all over the place. He was wearing uh, jeans and a t-shirt instead of his suit, you know, just watching Mulaney perform and not doing his normal mic jumps from one hand to the other and his little snappy movements. Yeah, there were. It wasn't Vegas, John Mulaney, right? No, Where it was just it was. Heartbreaking a lot of times because you could jig, see he, it was almost like the jigs up, right? Absolutely, like, he, he knew that he needed that performance in his life to keep sober. I'm pretty sure that's all he has, right? So it was, it was very endearing. He was obviously, there were moments I was crying with laughter, and then the moments I was almost crying with him. You know, it was it's crazy how, how messed up his life had, had gotten. Um, but clearly now he has uh, pulled himself up and, and is doing this from scratch tour and obviously hosting SNL for the fifth time. Uh, that drug dealer story is absolutely. It was in that hour nice. that he did. Arvin, um, is that right? Arvin. Arvin. Obviously, nothing about the baby because the baby hadn't come yet. Yeah. So nothing about that. But and also it was you know thirteen thousand times more polished because he went on tangents when he was of telling course, that course. story and this and that. Um, but, you yeah. talk about who is I, I I know he's talked about this before or other people have talked about they were there. Who is at the intervention? Do you guys know? Yeah, so he talked about that on stage. And I know other people winery. that have been there have talked about it too. So yeah. I don't think it's a secret. No, but who, no, we're not spilling the beans. Yeah. I didn't sign a disclosure yeah, yeah. or anything. Who, who was at that intervention? Um, in person, Seth Myers was in the room. Um, and he d he only mentioned a few celebrities by name that we know. I'm sure, like his publicist or whatever, yeah. and some other I'm people sure were there. Nick Kroll was there. Nick Kroll was on Zoom. Ah, that's so. Funny. And I will tell a story that he's not going to share uh, on his hour whatsoever because it's just too long winded. But the, the, the front and the back of it was um, Nick. Nick Kroll's connection, evidently, on Zoom was bad. So he couldn't really, he oh, wasn't no. keeping up. And so, first things first, Nick Kroll was the only one that didn't know the intervention was all positive. <laughs> so it was supposed to be one of those interventions where, like, hey, we love you. Yeah, yeah. And so, and Nick Kroll went first, according to Mulaney. Now, who knows, yeah. right? But Mulaney tells the story and he goes, and Nick Kroll comes on and he's like, John! You're ruining your life. <laughs> You're ruining our relationship. How dare and people are like trying to cut him off, but he's on Zoom, so they're not, not going to hang up because all the other three people that are on Zoom are all on the same one, so you can't just close the computer on him. So everybody's like, "Nick, what are you doing? Is this all positive?" Like, I didn't know. <laughs> That's good. So then he comes. The second part of this is, uh, Melania agrees to go to rehab. Right? He says, "Okay, fine." Fuck it, I'll, I'll go. But I'm not going to the one you picked, okay? But I'll go. I'll go. And the Kroll's connection, I there was somebody he didn't hear him say he would go. So he's like, you gotta go to rehab, John! <laughs> Stop fighting us on this! Like he's his deaf grandfather <laughs> or something. <laughs> and everybody's like, Nick, he said he would go! Stop! <laughs> I thought that that was funnier that than anything, good. you know, but I... You know, I, I, was, I hope it makes it in. I it bet, would, be, it yeah. would be awesome if it did because he told stories about that and then a little bit more about the actual drugs he had on him when he walked in the door. Oh, right. he did have drugs on him. Oh, yeah. He walked into that apartment and he goes, I walked in that apartment with $2,000 in cash, uh, like an, uh, a, a gram of Coke and a bunch of Adderall and some other pills. And uh, so needless to say, I had other plans after dinner. <laughs> And, you know, classic Mulaney delivery on that stuff. So he, he obviously, he was still delivering the lines like Mulaney does, but it was very cutting and very personal, you know? So did he look different to you? Because this is a year probably He's later gained for you. so much weight. Yeah, he definitely yeah. looks like, yeah. fuller. He yeah. was gaunt when I saw him at City Winery. He just looked like nothing and very pale. Well, he was still pretty that's pale. normal. He yeah. was still pretty basic. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this is, so this was a great monologue. You yeah, know, sorry, I mean, that was a pretty big tangent. Yeah, but, but it's Melania always delivers when it comes to doing stand up uh, as the, as the monologue, and so yeah, this was the insurrection was, joke was fantastic. I loved it. I mean, I know he's used that bit before because I heard him talk about that before. Yeah, the insurrection wouldn't have happened on his watch. Right. I, I, it hits me every time. I think it's funny. Um, he did that at City Winery as well. Yep. yep. He um, added the line uh, "Baby J's back on the streets." That was <laughs> yeah, not on there. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's a great so one. good. So I, I just he could do again one of my favorite stand up comedians. 
Uh, I it, I could he could have went another two minutes and I'd have been happy with it. I am just um, so excited for from scratch. Like I just can't wait to see his whole hour. He seems happier, which is nice. Like we he, should probably he get tickets. Genuinely happy. I've been looking. They are expensive, but we should probably. Do you guys want to just maybe see if he can come on the podcast while we're there? Yeah, probably mm-hmm. get him on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. John. <laughs> <laughs> we, know, we know you listen. But yeah, so uh, what was the first sketch of the night? Was it Monkey Judge? Monkey Judge, written by Martin Hurley, John Higgins, Ben Marshall. It was written by the Please Don't Destroy guys. Written, I thought, in a sketch that Conan O'Brien would love for some reason because he loves silliness. And mm. this was a sk- silly sketch. Um, it, uh, it was... I, I, I don't... It was so silly. I'm not sure if I loved it or hated it. Um, like it, it had the the parts that I just thought were so funny. Where he, the the smiling, he's showing us his teeth thing. I don't know why that that made me laugh so much. But then I also thought, I, I don't know what the, what we're doing here. So, <laughs> yeah. why, so this was a ten to one kind of kind at of. the front of the kind show. Of. It was weird. So let me ask you a question. Do you think that it changed how you saw that? episode because it sets it off in a way i didn't realize the order of sketches could really matter until i really thought about this putting a a silly sketch like that so early kind of sets a tone for the episode yeah i would say that if if the rest of the episode was a lot like that but it really wasn't it almost played out like an snl episode in reverse so it wasn't weird like will forte would be weird right to that end then i thought it kind of peaked a little early because i thought this is so great and then things kind of went back down i didn't feel that way (laughs) i mean as far as as far as the you liked monkey judge i loved it oh i loved okay. it yeah but so this is a good point into the types of sketches i think we each individually like you like ben, you ben like, likes the unfunny ones no no you like silly <laughs> sketches right silly premises the, silly sketches the like, thing that so this is a this could be a bad sketch but the the thing that saves it is all of the very 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 spot on the, things about being a monk like i'm gonna throw so my much, sand to assert my dominance and you know, i gotta write so some, some trial and error and i won the juice like those are really clever, funny lines. Yeah. I, I agree I with agree. that, but there there was something that just felt off to me about this and like Was it because he was dressed like a monkey? <laughs> <laughs> no, because like honestly, I, I don't I think this is probably the best version of the sketch you could ever have because there's something about Mulaney's delivery that makes his the the, the explanation of monkey behavior so matter of fact and deadpan. Yes, that's that it, why it works. That it is amusing. But at the same time, I just, I just didn't get into it. Like I was just like this. Just, like now, was that because it was too early in the show? I think that might have been part of it. Cause I, cause I was like, why are we doing this right out of the gate? This is exactly. just, this Thank is too okay. weird. Yep. Um. And so so yeah, like there, there was stuff. There's stuff that that amused me, but the entire time I'm thinking like this is it's too early for this. Yes. Okay. So order does matter. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm sure it matters. Yeah, absolutely. I I again, I just thought, like Ben said, I thought it was. Brilliantly written. The, I'm not the writing I'm not and the sure. delivery of Melania. I mean, everything else was yep. superfluous. Like having most of you in the casts and everything yep. like that. And oh, he's in a hanging mood today. Like uh, that's fine, whatever those mean. But uh, Melania by himself delivering those lines yep. was absolutely hysterical. All right, moving on. We have uh, the next was a pre-tape. It was a recurring sketch for uh, Blue River. They had done that before. Had they really? Yeah, they had. Cecily Strong uh, and Seth Rogen from 2014. Wow, completely forgot about that. I mean, it's been a long time. It's understandable. And that sketch was terrible. Yeah, so I'm I'm thinking maybe that's uh, why I didn't remember. And also, I hated this one. Did you really? I I didn't like it, and and I didn't really laugh much until close to the end when it started getting more absurd. Um, But even then, I'm like... After Monkey Judge, I, I was like, "Is the, the entire show going to be like this?" Because like, it was it was weird, but not in like the like eccentric way that Will Forte is weird. And so like, it kind of just threw me off. Like, th- there are some cases in SNL sketches where playing it straight and like leaning into the reality of it makes it funnier. In this case, it almost felt like they were playing it too real to be funny, and I just didn't enjoy it. I I no, I liked it. I really, I didn't love it. I liked it. I thought that uh, the, right off, right off the bat, these were the two worst sketches. See, in my no, opinion. and I think that this was this was fine. It wasn't again. It, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't anything groundbreaking. But the it was enough for me you, cutting back and forth between it's Heidi Gardner and Cecily yep. Strong, and it was just fun to watch that them. I mean, have you she ever was been so over judged, the top. Have you ever been judged about your dogs before? Oh, oh every, absolutely, every day. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, see, Brad doesn't have any dogs. He's a cat person. Uh, I remember it wasn't too long ago we had somebody, a neighbor, share some kind of meme or something or some kind of information about what you should and shouldn't feed your dogs. And I commented, my dog eats goose poop. It's not on there, right? Like, it was like, you know, you should only feed your dogs this food and stuff like this. And I'm like, my dog eats goose poop, all right? So, so my like, mom is Cecily Strong in okay. this because I don't use Blue Mountain or whatever. We ha- we go to Ace Hardware and we pick up the grain-free- We pick up a bucket full of chicks <laughs> and we feed them to the dog. It's ba- but it, it's like, like- We feed our dog good dog food, it's but good. it's not It's good. Like- it's not great, It's not, but it's also not the bargain. It's like the one in the middle, okay? Because he's a fucking dog. <laughs> you know, but, and he's fine. You know, they're fine, but my mom absolutely- But does she judge Lord. you? Does oh, she wow. ju- I just, you know, Ben, I just wish that you would look into the ingredients. It's in only summer. 30 cents per day per month for more. <laughs> yeah, that math doesn't work out by the way it was yeah. so that was so, see that so, was great yeah I, there, there's 28 I, days a month right yeah. can we at least agree? that's such a so weird line I, by I the will way. say this i connected it to people i know and yeah. thought this, this is satirizing somebody i know yeah. like i do know people that are somewhat like this that Seal get really really judgy about either what you feed your dog or you know it's like yeah my dog smells butts it's not you know like it's diet is yeah. fine I, I remember my wife uh we were joking my wife grew up in romania in like a village right and i said well i read you're not supposed to give your dogs chicken bones because they can choke on chicken bones and she said nate dogs have been eating chicken bones for two thousand years it's fine <laughs> You know, and it's like she, I love she's it. She's right. She's like back in my village. Yeah, it, well, she's <laughs> right though, right? Like dogs have been eating chicken bones forever. Yeah. It's gonna it's be gonna okay. Be you know. Like, yeah. so. I th- so maybe if you had a dog, maybe you'd like the sketch more, Brad. I don't think so. Uh, I Fair I didn't think it was a. I'm, I'm with Ben. I didn't think it was a great sketch. There was enough for there was enough there. for me. There was to, enough. To, yeah. yep. No thanks. All right. Next. Moving on. COVID dinner discussion again. Another recurring sketch. Uh, written by Allison Gates, Ken Sublet, and Nicole Sun for her first writing credit. Congrats Boo. to Nicole. No. This one was just okay. No. Uh, I have had painful... Have you guys not had to navigate painful no, no. COVID conversations? That's, that's not what it is. The first time they did this, it was awesome. Yeah, okay. This one, they went way different with it as far as the content. Like, it wasn't about... It was no longer about the awkwardness of the situation it was about the thing that like the mask mandate it was about an actual thing well i disagree i think it's still about the awkwardness because the the content of the conversations are the stuff that people feel awkward about bringing up because of the climate of of society so i think that like that's still there it's just not as good this time and uh the timing wasn't very good either i agree i I thought it was also a little it was just a little much. It was a little extra, in they, my opinion. Like, and to clarify, I don't mean the timing as far as like in the world. I mean the, <laughs> no, 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 com- no. the comedic yeah. no, timing. Uh, agreed. Like it just like the responses. I mean, clearly they were having fun. I thought that yeah. some of them looked like they were going to laugh during and it. So you're right, but it is still definitely about the careful. Like that part, I get it. Yeah. Like that, but but in the first sketch, if you go back and rewatch it, the careful part is is the whole joke, right? Not, not just that. And then they kept going a little bit yep. with the mask man and this and that. And like, right. That's a weird. That's a different take on it that wasn't in the first. You one, like and I the don't execution like of the first. Absolutely. You like where the punchline Absolutely. fell in the first one. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. All right. Next, uh, we had the pre-tape. The police don't destroy guys. Who good for them are moving into the show away from the. YouTube channel. Good for the Please Don't Destroy Boys. Yeah. Um, it was the good variant written by Martin Hurley, John Higgins, Ben Marshall. The second sketch they wrote of the show, they wrote, they wrote Monkey Judge as well. Um, did you like this? It had Al Forty Hands Roker in it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely love yeah. this. It was great. And at first I was I thought that that this might be a holdover from when Paul Rudd hosted that for whatever reason they yeah. didn't air since he was in it. Especially when John Mulaney initially only appeared by green screen television, but then he showed up at the end. So I was like, okay, so they did do it this week. So. It was cool. Uh, Paul Rudd's delivery of that, and I know this is such a dumb 
you know one liner but when he said yeah oh yeah the uh, sub put it over next to the other one that's great you brought that or whatever however yeah. delivered i was crying i thought that was the funniest fucking thing i've ever heard uh the whole fauci says we can go clubbing the the whole you grow long luscious it was, all that, of it was great didn't fauci get with sweetie yeah. yeah yes sweetie the part you're talking about is when uh john mulaney shows up with a second sub he's like yes. did someone say yeah a little bit ago but, but sure okay. come on yeah. that was, i was dying i thought the delivery of that was amazing you, you guys know me I, the police don't destroy guys can't do anything wrong so i loved it i'm glad you guys it was actually, really really fun i'm glad your humor has evolved enough oh, to but yeah brad please don't destroy guys uh yeah this was, this was just so much fun. And, man, I just wish there was a good COVID variant. <laughs> <laughs> I, maybe that's part of it, too, honestly. Yeah. Deep down, we're all, like, subconsciously thinking, wouldn't that be fucking great? Oh, it'd be so good. <laughs> Wait a minute. This one's good? <laughs> all right. Going on. Moving on to the show, the Five Timers Club. Congratulations to John Mulaney for making it into the Five Timers Club. Hey, uh, Brad, how many people are in the Five Timers Club? Oh, gosh. That's a good question. I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess. I'm going to say there are nine I think it's oh, I, 15. I think there's more than nine, yeah. I oh, think, wow. I think that was part of the joke, right? There's too many of them now. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I think did you miss the sketch, Ben? I think nine's too <laughs> hey, many. Hey, did you watch SNL this week? I missed it. What happened? <laughs> I was on vacation. Uh, so this is written by Mike Desenzo, Tina Fey, Allison Gates, Jake Norwin, Josh Patton, and Ken Sublet. Uh, Tina Fey getting a writing credit in this season. Good for her. Welcome to the cast. She, I think she's got a future. <laughs> she's got a future. She's a young business. kid with a bright potential. Um. Steve Martin holding the pipe backwards. Uh, always. It's the it's always. the silliest thing, I and I'm going to laugh at it every time. And I know it's like humor my dad laughs at, but I think it's still funny. Mulaney telling Elliot Gould he was in this show. <laughs> and like, Obviously, what, if what you like? don't know, Mulaney's show tanked. It was bombed, awful. It was bombed. awful. Did you guys watch it at all? Yeah, it was very disappointing. Because <laughs> really like, on one level, I appreciated that Mulaney was trying to like do a, a 90s sitcom in the modern era, but like it just didn't work. It, it wasn't, wasn't meta enough yeah. at all. And then calling John Mulaney Megan Mullaney. Uh, oh, just, yeah. was oh, good. I just loved it so much. And Paul Rudd gets his comeuppance yeah. and yeah. Give, then has to give up. He actually kind of reminded me of... I'm not sure I would say comeuppance, but well, he, sorry, he didn't do anything wrong. No. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> he, You will rue the day, Paul Fi Rudd. Finally, they kicked him right out of there. He didn't deserve it. <laughs> my, party got can or my party was canceled due to laziness. <laughs> I loved that uh, he he's kind of channeling Martin Short's character in the Five Timers Club a little bit because yeah. he had to give up the jacket and all that. It was it was really funny. I I will say though, because uh, it was still very funny. I did enjoy it very much. Man, they really fucked up like big time throughout this sketch. The direction was terrible. Yeah, well, because like first Old of all, Cone Bone O'Brien struggled. Didn't <laughs> oh but boy! At least Conan O'Brien like recovered and like did it in a way where he made it funny that he hit fucked he up. He was him. He was him. Right? Yeah. Unfortunately, Candace Bergen, who well, it was like reading cue cards like Is molasses. Bergen or Bergen? Candace Bergen. Bergen. That's what I'm gonna say. I, don't I think know. it's Bergen. No, okay. But yeah, and and to the point where um, I, I don't know how if you ever do this, um, but I whenever there's a flub, like a major flub that like really disrupts the entire sketch, I will check the YouTube upload to see if they've either used dress rehearsal or done oh. some of editing, and they did for this one. There's there's that long pause that Candace Bergen had between a line that he he's supposed to say something to Melania about high quality, uh, you know, celebrities being in it, and there was like a terribly awkward. pause pause where she clearly forgot she had another line and they cut it so that it was closer together and they also fixed the weird cut to Conan O'Brien coming in and then back to the wide it shot. Was so weird. It was real weird to well, watch live. Don Roy King mm -hmm. is now retired. Yeah. And so this is the first year director. But even Don Roy King made mistakes like that. Yeah, you know? but sure, but this is, you know, you got a lot of people there, a lot of people coming in, a lot of cuts, a lot of also a lot of, you know, I don't know if you guys saw where Paul Rudd was standing, there was a Tracy Morgan. They had know, the the three know. ingredients for yeah. the for the the five timers there, there cocktail. Were, there was different things in the background, so th there there was some purposeful camera work as mm -hmm. well that needed to be framed right. So, as silly as the sketch was, there was also I think some actual work to be done right yeah. in in trying to frame this right to do it right to get all the cuts right. Um, I, I also loved because I'm such a huge fan of Conan O'Brien, have been for years. I loved how much, if you watch John Mulaney, he just thinks Conan, you could just tell he thinks Conan's the funniest person in the world. Yes. Yeah. He's trying not to laugh. I mean, obviously, Conan's flubbing his lines, and then he just goes 
bigger just, and better. Yeah, with, with the fake drinking. I realize oh, like, oh, I, need a f- I need a full episode of Conan perfect. O'Brien. I need a full I episode. I would love. He needs to come back and host. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I need a full episode that of Conan. That would be incredible. Yeah, I would love it so I'd, much. I One thing I did wish that they would have done to really seal the deal is when he does Live from New York at Saturday Night that they would have cut <laughs> to the, like, the theme again at yeah. least. Just, just for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was so good. Uh, I... I, I it we flubbed it. That. It flubbed it, and there were a lot of flubs, and it was imperfect. But it I was one it. of my favorite things. I still liked it. it was. Also, is it, so I I don't remember because uh, I haven't gone back and watched the other five timers uh, club sketches. Is this like the first time, at least in a while, that they've done one in the middle of the show, and they did they they mm, sta- started it by having them watching the previous sketch? Oh, I bet this was planned to be the beginning sketch until Russia. Oh, could have been the yeah. It was the cold open. Bump. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I bet this was. that's probably what huh. that was. And they probably and maybe maybe too. That's why they the maybe that's why it feels a little off maybe. for some of the stuff. Yeah, you know I mean because there has to be. I mean, timing this is really interesting. The music needs to be at a certain point. The weekend update needs to be at a certain point. So you've got you know seven or six sketches that you can kind of mess. And with if you the time really want to keep know? Monkey Judge, you got to put it where <laughs> it goes. So Monkey <laughs> Judge is out of order because of fucking Vladimir Putin. What, another reason Ruins it again. That he's a fucking autocratic bastard, and we hate him. That's Ben Conowitz saying that uh, Sorry. to Vladimir Putin. Yeah, and you can he can suck my dick. You can find him. At- <laughs> <laughs> All right, we can. Hey, you know what? I stand with the people of Ukraine, Brad. Do you? Hey, sing sing a little bit of that song for us. Yeah, what's it yeah. called again? Uh, it's called Prayers for Ukraine. Close enough. <laughs> and it goes a little something like this. <laughs> Let me go get my trombone. All right, weekend update. Oops, all jokes edition. Uh, yeah, it was. It was all jokes. Jokes to be jokes. Uh, I thought it was funny. Brad, tell me why you yeah, hate it. Yeah, why did you hate it, Brad? I didn't. I actually love this, and I think it's the best one that they've done in a long time. Uh, you're, well, I don't. your opinion doesn't matter. Nate? The the back and forth between Jost and Shea was great. The the speed of the one-liners. Just because you noticed they were, the back and they forth were all three. Exactly. They were all hilarious. No, because you talk about the back and forth but when they have like the guests on. I like the back and forth between the, the headline. They one-liners. have that like every when they, week. When they have it they every don't. week. They don't, though. They don't have it every week. Nate, I, honest question. I'm not being facetious here. Do you think Brad is wrong? Do they have this level of back and forth every week? No. Uh, I didn't ask you. I don't care. I gave him the right answer. I, I will say, you know, there are some weeks they're on it. They were on it this week. But I would say it's always there. Yes. It yes. was just it was just a I little disagree. easier this week. They were shiny. It was just good. It worked. Everything they did this week. Worked. I also felt like every joke was great. That's what even, I'm saying. They even were on the it. silly stuff yep. really worked. Yeah. The, the tidal wave joke about your mama yep. was still a very yep. very it, funny it joke. It was it was a tight. It was shorter too. Yeah. Did you notice it wasn't as long mm-hmm. as yeah. So um, but it. it they were just on it, and um, I thought it was a really good weekend update. Maybe that's to the credit of it. If you have to truncate it a bit, you are going to cut out the, what you think would be the bottom 10% the fat. of, of yep. jokes. Yeah, maybe they it should. Was, maybe they should, honestly. Honestly, more. it was great. It um, was great. But I thought it was really good. I'm glad, finally, Brad, you see the, the benefit of weekend update in as and, and keeping show. it. Yeah, when when Jost and Shay are, they have good banter and like good chuckles going on and great jokes. Then Every week. Every week they do, but okay. All right. Um, how many people here would buy a churro in a subway? I mean, after seeing that sketch, probably. <laughs> I'm I'm all about churros anywhere. We said, uh, if you haven't listened, we did a, a a special episode last week where we talked about Wayne's World, and I think this was one of the things we were wanting to see in this John Mulaney episode was a musical sketch, mm-hmm. something they've done before. Well, this was um, big too. This, this was a lot. This was. Huge. Yeah. It was written by Dan Bulla and Colin Jost. Clearly, two people who have seen a lot of musical theater and like and 10, love New York and love like New what? York. It was like eight to ten different songs, right? I, I have them written down here. Let me tell you. Um, so this these are the musicals they they put in there. Uh, Some Enchanted Evening by South Pacific. If I Were a Rich Man by Fiddler on the Roof. Bali High by South Pacific, Skid Row by The Little Shop of Horrors, Wells Fargo Wagon by The Music Man, Singing in the Rain, and I'm Telling You by Dream Girls, I Dreamed a Dream by Les Mis, Jesus Christ Superstar, obviously by Jesus Christ Superstar. That is a lot. My that favorite one was Alex Moffat as fat on fapping on the train. <laughs> it was just, and the pixelated dick mm-hmm. thing, it worked. I that told was my wife so too, funny. I was like, 
the set too. I yeah. mean, like it was incredible, it, super impressive. It was, it was, I, I, and I'm not gonna say. I saw a lot of crap towards the sketch online. Really? Like that they were trying too hard. No. I hey, those thought, people can go screw themselves. I yeah. thought this was great. Was I thought it was wonderful. Um, You're going to take a churro from a woman pushing a laundry cart, and she's got it in her bare hand with a Starbucks neck. <laughs> so the, the the lead up to it, right? Yep. The, the uh, Did they even make O'Henry's? No. No. Like all of that worked, right? And then you get into the music, and it was awesome. And I, I also love the, yeah, I didn't think you could do South Pacific anymore. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right? Exactly. The, the the subtle, that's what I loved about it. it was, there was also some subtle like theater humor in there mm-hmm. as well, which was great. Um, I am a grown, drunk man. <laughs> and just, I'm going to and I'm on the choo choo. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Just yeah. it, everything worked for me. Yeah, Andrew Dismukes was great in there as well. Uh, he he seems to continue to come on. You know, as a as a cast member, he just seems to find his own kind of. You know, it seems like every cast member finds their own position, their own little um, acting quirks. And Andrew Dismukes seems to be doing that. The the things that you're expecting out of him, he, he right? knows where his lane is for yeah. sure. Yeah, um, the things when you watch Keenan, you know Keenan's going to do, and you're still going to laugh. Um, yeah, uh, as a mole man, um, which is just so great. Um, but if I were a mole man, yeah, kudos so to kudos to Dan Bola, kudos to Colin Jost. Yeah, wow, wonderfully, probably hard written. Yeah, sketch. something mm-hmm. that had to come together in a week. Are you kidding me? Like that's incredible. Um, then the next was the Nickelodeon show written by Mikey Day, Tesha Condrit, and Kyle Mooney. Uh, what did you guys think of this? I liked it a lot. I, I loved this sketch. I didn't love it. This this hit A, I did, I my Nickelodeon sweet spot because I'm a Nickelodeon kid. Yeah, I think you like Nickelodeon way more than I do. But it's not even my love of Nickelodeon. It's just the it, like the vibe of the sketch was great. Like they set up this, the the the, um, the bookends for it, and like the the... The mechanism by which the sketch comes is this like featurette about you know the making of the slime from yeah, Nickelodeon, and so not only was like the the sketch of like flashing back to those clips from you can't do that on television hilarious because it perfectly created the show and the reactions to the different terrible slime were perfect, but the the interludes from the hosts were equally as funny for completely different reasons, uh, mostly because of Chris Red. And, and I, him losing his mustache. And, and what's great about it is I don't know if that was like a mistake that he just went with or if that was something that was built into the sketch. Because I think it was a mistake. No, 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 just went with but it. after they cut back to it, he like there's a part where he tries to throw it yeah. at, at Alex Moffat, and so like that to me that felt like like that it was partially scripted because that feels like too much improv for a, a bit think, like that. I think he went with it because it was with the peeling off like that, and then he took it off, and then it, the next scene it was back on his face, but it right. was awkward, and then it was coming off again. He was, I think he was just done with it, and he threw yeah. it just to yeah. be whatever. Uh, I I didn't love this, but I'm not. Did he say also I'm kid. losing my hair? Did he actually make a reference to my Chris Red? He said, he said something about losing his mustache. Yeah, so yeah. he actually did bring it up, and so I don't think that was scripted. I think that that was all just kind of off the cuff. I don't know, but yeah, but that and like the interludes of like the responding to the inappropriate like I just uh, content. It was the nineteen. It was nineteen eighty. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, mean, they say that, I will say H4. that was the funniest yeah. part of it. Um, <sighs> I just couldn't buy that they didn't know how to make slime. God. Well, it takes time to figure out the no, formula, bro. We kn- we've known how to make slime for years. You have. No. You know, know my wife's known. village in Romania knew how to make slime <laughs> 2,000 years ago. We've been making slime since communism. All uh, right. So one of my favorite parts about this was A.D. Bryant. As like, and, yeah. it, and if, if you see closely, that was the the creator of slime, yeah. and she was a whole built-in character, <laughs> yeah. and it was like, yep, we're just gonna get it right. I yeah. don't know, take it again. No, we fixed it. <laughs> but the, the reaction from John Mulaney when he gets blasted with oh, the slime, man. like it was so good. Every every reaction was and great. At the end, where uh, uh, Mikey Day and who, yeah. who else was getting hit? Uh, Kyle Mooney. Kyle Mooney. And so Kyle Mooney's like, I, th- I think it could stop now. Yeah. Is it supposed to get in your mouth? And just okay, I think we're really done now. <laughs> Oh boy! Yeah, no, the whole sketch was great. Yeah, this was, it was a great thing. sketch. It was tolerable. It was <laughs> adequate. It was adequate. Um, all right, the ten to one uh, sketch, Cupid Shuffle, written by Brian T- Tucker. It's a recurring sketch. I didn't like this one as for, but well as I liked the first one. I thought this was, even though they did the callback with Blue River, they did the callback with the the COVID, like careful, and now this was also a callback mm-hmm. or, or a you know a, a tread again. Let's let's say that. Um, this one was better, well, uh, much more well done than the COVID 
one as far as bringing it back the same concept. Yes. Because Mulaney, again, sells it. He does a great job. And his interaction with everybody else other than uh, Ego was was fantastic. But yeah, it, I didn't think it was an improvement of the first one, though. But it was just as good, in my opinion. I didn't think so. I, I, I mean, I didn't think it was bad. I didn't think it was bad. I just, I really, that first one was so good because there was the surprise of how do you know these people kind right. of thing. The, what was funny about this one for me is when you watch the dances, right? When they're like, you know, the yeah. different type of dances that they're doing. And, you know, when you listen to, like, you know, what he's calling out for them to do and they're mocking it or they're, they're trying to do it in their dance. That and was funny to Ego me. Ego does that kind of Mikey Day thing, too, where she's like, yep. you brought a deck of cards? Yep. Why would you do that? Yep. Like, I just think, I didn't think it was great. Uh, I thought it was okay. Uh, I, I It was better, though, than the callback for the COVID yes. one, though. Yes, yes, yes. For sure. What did you think, Rob? Yeah, no, I, th I thought it was, like Ben said, you know, it's, it's at least as good as the first time they did it. You know, it's it's hard to not enjoy Keenan Thompson uh, doing a pitch-perfect recreation of the whoever does the voice yep. of the Cupid Shuffle yep. song. <laughs> um, and I love the different, like, the weird dance moves that they come with for doing yep. it, too. So, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed this one. It was fine. I thought it was fine. Um, better than fine. It was fine. It was, um, it was above average. It was fine. It was adequate. Um, cut for time sketches. There were two of them. Um, I thought this one should have been in the actual show because I thought it was so funny. Um, it was the pre-tape podcast set written only by Michael Che. Fisher-Price podcast set for white guys. This sketch really must have made you two feel awkward being white podcast hosts. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't and that, think about that. And that's a comment from, from Nate, <laughs> our, our Mexican podcast co-host. <laughs> uh, I'd like to point out that Nate is infinitely more white than I am. <laughs> uh, no, this was so funny. Um, I just thought it was funny. I'm, I yeah, it was I'm Polish. Does that I think it's a little on the nose, but... <laughs> But it's it's done very well. Yeah. yeah. So the production value, the set build, and the design of the actual toy, that part you have to do it exactly like a Fisher Price toy, otherwise it doesn't work. And yeah. this is perfect for that. They're they're really coming at the Brogans uh, yeah. pretty hard this season, yeah. aren't they? That was a, it was fun. <laughs> but I think uh, to Brad's point, the reason it maybe was cut for time is because it's a little too on the nose. Like it's it's there's not really a joke there. It's just that this is what yeah. these people do. Conce conceptually, the idea of the Fisher Price set is funny, but the the mocking of those kinds of people. It didn't feel like it brought anything like particularly new, like to the table that like we haven't already sure. seen, like satirized or like joked about before. Sure, but the concept was very good. Yeah. I think though the idea of, <laughs> I, I I think because I, I sent this to a, a friend of mine who her husband hosts a podcast as well, and I said it's like you know me and your husband, and she said, uh, uh, <laughs> she's like it's so funny because. Every guy he knows is hosting a podcast now, right? Like, and it's like, and, and and so that is obviously the joke right now. And it is, you know, everyone's got a podcast, including yours truly. We all have multiple, um, but uh, and coming up with more like, all the time. Brad, Brad you're, you're on one a lot. We have a different one. We have this one. We, we have, have a two podcast. We have a radio show. A radio show. <laughs> we are people. You know what? Don't listen to this episode. The idea of putting them in the basement and making them feel like he's on a podcast yes. resonated with her because it was and you know, us, yeah. As we record from a basement, yep. So no, it was. I, I thought it was a good sketch. I understand. I think you're right that it was probably maybe a little too on the nose. I just thought it was really funny. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, the other cut for time sketch, let me, family uh, band. Uh, I thought it was going to be called Band of Brothers. Is it? It's, no, no, it wasn't. No, anybody? It's okay, written by fine. Mike Desenzo, Andrew Dismukes, yep. Heidi Gardner, and Kyle Mooney. Um, have you guys ever had to tell someone, or has anybody ever told you that you remind them of someone that you think, Do yeah, I? yeah, I hate that actually <laughs> because it's always unflattering. Yes, exactly. And I mean, for me, because I'm kind of a fat guy, it's always unflattering. <laughs> I walked in. This is a true story. I walked into my own office after getting my beard shaved off and a haircut, and. <laughs> My office staff was like, oh, you look like Peter Griffin. <laughs> like, and she meant it like as a compliment somehow. And I'm like, he's, he can't even see his dick. He's so fat. <laughs> Damn it. You know. Guess who's growing the beard back. Yeah. And it is back. But I've been, you know, oh, man, you remind me of Chris Farley. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, because he's oh you could you know you know yeah. or it's like a, you, you're funny like Dane Cook and you're like oh <laughs> dear God I mean <laughs> he was on top of the world for a while though like take what you can get while you can get it guys it is it is those I I do 
I do though. I resonate with that that idea that like, oh, you, you think I'm so like much. them? Yeah. You know, my my aunt thinks that I uh, that I look like Josh Gad. So I mean, Josh, and it's not, that. and that's not terrible. That. No, no, that's not terrible. See, that's a that's more of a compliment. He got what? What's the most recent movie he's in with? Uh, Frozen. No, uh, <laughs> Wolf one. Oh, it's a show. Wolf like me. Yeah, I think it was a movie they just cut into a show. Perfectly. Well, to, to be perfectly honest, actually, a lot of shows that end up on streaming are actually just movies that they had to draw yeah, because no, like because it, no yeah. studio wanted to buy them. Like, all right, well, I guess I'll turn this into a show. <laughs> that's what it really felt like, quite yeah. frankly. But uh, yeah, let's elongate this to ten episodes. So it'll be a ten hour. movie. Movie, basically, <laughs> but uh, what'd you think of the sketch? I thought it was a little long, quite frankly. Yeah, a little long, and it was weird. it was it was fine. Yeah. I I think I would have put it in the show over something like uh, Blue River or something like that. Um, Why don't you like Blue River? <laughs> it's the, it's low quality food. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, this is I I liked the the throwback to that that year that we all got into swing for some reason in in the nineties. Yeah, 90s. yeah. The, the zoot suits. Yeah, you know, like, zoot suit riot, cherry pop and daddy. Real big fish. Mm-hmm. We're not sure why, but we all did. Yeah, yeah. So and uh, it's mighty mighty Boston. <laughs> as always, Mikey Day's you know reactions are 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 good in a sketch like this. Um, funny, and I made I say that it's a little played out, right? Sometimes with Mikey Day's reaction, but yeah. this one reeled me right back in. It, Kyle was, it was great suit that was four times bigger than him, which yeah. I thought was just so funny. And he's got that stupid voice. Hey. <laughs> yeah. You would smoke a cigarette, haven't you? <laughs> Little sister, whatever it is saying. Oh, it was so creepy. Um, but I, one thing that I realized uh, this sketch, and I don't know if it's just because of like her her hair or her overall vibe in this episode, is that Heidi Gardner is basically. Uh, an octave and a nose job away from sounding like Kristen Shaw. Oh, I can see that. Yep. Yeah. I can see that. Yep. Yeah. It was her haircut, I think. And that's not meant to be an insult because I love Kristen Shaw, yep. but I never realized that like her they can live in persona the and like her yeah. voice kind of is like Maybe similar kind of thing. that's why I have a crush on Heidi Gardner because I also have a crush on her. Do you have a crush on Kristen Shaw? Absolutely. Interesting. Did you see her in the- Do you have a crush on me? No. Oh. Did you see her in The Goods? No. It's been a long time since I've seen oh the goods. Oh my god, I was in love with her in that. I mean, it's, it's such a throwaway trash comedy. I mean, it's it's really not. I just that feel like good. you have a crush on everyone. But no, she in that she plays a flight attendant in in a uh, in a scene, and I just found her extremely attractive in that show. In she that doesn't movie. seem like your type to me at no, all. I don't know why. Man, I don't, listen, I'm saying I, I think he finds I think everyone I have attractive. A type. I think it's the Heidi Gardner <laughs> type. The really tall type. Yeah, yeah. she's like you. Kind of look like a bird. Let's do this. <laughs> wow. And I mean that as a compliment, obviously, because <laughs> I'm into it. All right. That's the episode for the... the <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. That's the episode. So what did you guys think was your favorite sketch? Mine's the Nickelodeon one for sure. No, it was oh, not. Oh, absolutely Stop was. It. Go read no, my review on Slashone.com. No. What is wrong with you? I like comedy, and it makes me laugh. Put it on the poster. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan Anderton, <laughs> Monkey Judge. It was your favorite no, it sketch? No, it. it was. What? I loved it. You didn't even sound like you loved it that much when we were talking about it. It <laughs> 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 is so true. If you, like, I, if you, if somebody asked me to bend like Monkey Judge before now, I'd have been like, I think he said it was okay. Yeah, I think it was okay. <laughs> no, if you guys go back and listen to the podcast, which you won't. Uh, you'll just hear that I didn't really have a strong opinion about any of the uh, uh, sketches this time around, other than it sounded like you liked the musical one even more. Oh I, no, I, I mean, I Subway respect Ch- Subway Churro was my favorite. I that, respect by the way. that. One that was that was mine. I respect it. I laughed hardest at Monkey Judge. Wow. All right, Subway Churro was mine. Only, I mean, for many reasons, I laughed hard, but also. That had to taken a lot of work to do, and oh, I, yeah. I just appreciate the amount of time and effort that goes into all of that, from set design to direction of like, I mean, you look there, and how many how many people were actually in that sketch? So many. Yeah. Um, the writing of the music, the musical performers, all that. So I, I, I kudos to them. Favorite performer of the night. Bradford. No, you get to go first. Yeah. Uh, why, why do I got? Because go you never think about it ahead of you time. Do. Yeah, yeah, no, you, you really steal, do. You steal. Yeah. No, why, you, no, you're, I, you're famous for stealing. Yeah, you're, no. a, you're a thieving. I thought Pete Davidson did a really good job this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'll, I'll go. Uh, I thought I thought John Mulaney was the best. I did too. I gave it to him this week. I gave him my MVP. Really? Yeah. It was. You know what? You guys aren't going to believe this. But I thought John Mulaney. <laughs> <laughs> I mostly thought it because even in the sketches that I didn't like, he was still very funny in them, and he made the sketches that I didn't enjoy very much tolerable because of what he brought to the table. I, I just felt like 
you could tell that he 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 does what he does whenever he comes to the show. Is he elevates the the writers, he elevates the cast, he brings his own flair to it. Uh, and I think it was just like knowing what had has happened in his life recently too to see him come yep. back and be this confident and strong still, and not like really feel like he's missed a beat. I I, I was impressed by that, and I think that he just he did a great job. He was in like every sketch too, right? I mean, yeah. he he was a workhorse. He, well, he, and that's he the thing. It. Like I'm looking through all the sketches that we just talked about him, and nobody else even stands out a little, a little bit. I mean, yeah, every, everybody did a I, good job. Because I try, I tried. Like the, the only the closest that anyone came, I think was. Um, I I was thinking about uh, Chris Red. Because, I was gonna say Chris, just because maybe. he was so funny in the Nickelodeon sketch and and Subway Churro. Um, and like that that's like what stuck out a little bit to me. But like this was one where like the cast was pretty evenly distributed, so it was really hard yep. to pick any cast member. He, Melissa Villasenor actually had some screen time this this episode. Good mm-hmm. for her. You know, I, I like seeing that. Uh, I, I still wish that we'd get more Aristotle. I wish we'd get more Sarah Sherman. I think Cecily Strong uh, came a little bit close too. I, I would yeah. have picked her if she had been in more of my favorite sketches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, she was in she a was, really good one. She I don't was know in Blue, Blue Ribbon. The Blue Ribbon. Which one was that? Yeah. That was the one with the monkey judge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Hey, not, um, not helping. We've got two new episodes coming up, so you guys are going to have us for another two weeks. Uh, who's next week? Oscar Isaac, soon to be seen uh, in the new Marvel series Moon Knight. He was in the new Star Wars trilogy, uh, and he's just uh, just a swell fella, kind of a handsome fella. I, I'm not going to lie; I kind of have a crush on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's aging like Paul Rudd is; like they're aging and becoming better looking. Ex Machina. This was a movie he was in yes, a while back. It, it is. is. Yeah. A most violent year. Yes. I love yep. that film. Yep. It was okay. Uh, You're wrong. It was great really actor, great. though. Great actor. Yes. I'm, inter- I'm interested to see how he's going to do on the show. He could he could do really well. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, anything else, guys? Where can people find you? Uh, Slashfilm.com is where I'm always writing about the movies and the TV. You're on the Twitters. Always on the Twitter at Ethan underscore Anderton. Check out the Slashfilm Daily Podcast, where I'm on once or twice a week talking about the latest movie and TV news. Uh, Give a recommendation for our listeners of a movie they need to see. Oh, sure. Uh, I mean, everybody... Oh, sure. <laughs> obviously, everybody is probably already thinking and going to see The Batman, and you should, because it's fantastic. Uh, it is a, a great Batman movie that uh, stands on its own. It has uh, a little bit of Christopher Nolan's flair, but more pulpy. The entire cast is great. Robert Pattinson makes for a great Batman. Colin Farrell, great as the Penguin. Um, Zoe Kravitz, uh, everybody is, is great in it. And it's just a very moody, David Fincher-esque detective thriller that just happens to have Batman in it. And it's uh, it's very good. So make sure you see that. But uh, since everyone already knows about that movie, I want to make sure everyone uh, seeks out a movie uh, that Colin Farrell is also in called After Yang. Uh, and it's an A24 movie. Um, I don't really want to give too much away because I feel like it's just more fun if you kind of let it uh, unfold over you. Uh, if you go watch the trailer, the trailer also doesn't give too much away. But uh, watch that. It'll be in theaters and on Showtime simultaneously starting on March 4th. So if you should you should definitely check that out. Benny? Uh, people can find me uh, making fun of Vladimir Putin until this whole mess is over. Or just dead from being oh, I hope. poisoned. Um, oh, no. Seriously, fuck that guy. All right, you can find me at Nate Lauks um, on Twitter, Instagram, all of those places. I'd love to connect with you guys. Uh, also, follow the 10 to 1 podcast on Facebook. You can search us out there or on Twitter. Uh, we put out an episode last week going over some of uh, celebrating Wayne's World, the 30th anniversary. Brad talked about his interview with um, the director of that, and, and we just had a lot of fun talking about that. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that, go back and listen to it. It's a really fun episode. Uh, we'll be back next week. Be good to yourself, be good to others. Bye.